0: LOA Today, Walt Deason and Dark Dry Drew here. Today is Thursday, January the 24th, 2019. It's 4 p.m. in New York, 1 p.m. in Los Angeles, 9 p.m. in London, and Sydney, Australia is at 8 a.m. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for yet another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy um the only unhappy thing is steve rowell had to uh beg out at the last second from joining us on the podcast today so it's going to be uh, drew and i as we normally are but uh next week will be a trio so that'll be the time we'll be able to get into that which will be good and uh, I, I hear the phone ringing I, I guess people are ready to connect in here yeah <laughs> <laughs> how you doing drew we haven't talked in a week a couple weeks how you doing
1: uh, I've been doing a well. while. I've been getting my life organized. I kind of lived my entire life up until now, pretending I was organized uh-huh. and now kind of fully aligning everything
0: okay well, progress is good deep, that's a pretty deep good thing purging yeah right. uh, deep purging the old drew deep purging the old drew, wow, yeah, that sounds serious, yeah. I I take it it's a good thing. I mean, the way you're saying that, it doesn't sound like it's bad, so.
1: um, It's just, uh, it's an interesting process, like going from a caterpillar to a butterfly, you know. Ah. You have to to recognize that you're a caterpillar before you can become a
0: butterfly. (laughs) I always wondered about that. Yeah, just keep, you know. I mean, do do the caterpillars actually know that they're caterpillars that are about to become butterflies? Do they actually know that? I've often wondered that.
1: I'd say, uh, you'd have to ask one of them. I'm not qualified <laughs> to answer that.
0: Well, since we don't have any Caterpillars in the uh, studio right here, we'll have to buy it, bypass that one. But Anyway, people uh, checking in to the live stream, so hello to everyone who's checking in. It's good to see you. Um, as I said, Steve's had to uh, beg out this week because he uh, had a last-minute, truly last-minute engagement uh, come up, so um, we will be inviting him back next week, but uh, that gives us more of an opportunity to see what we can do to help our friend dark dry drew who is uh recently graduated from college and trying to figure out life and and uh gaining some benefit from our conversations so i'm going to start with where are you now i mean two weeks ago we actually were talking a couple weeks ago about the organizing thing and i was suggesting that you uh just you know go after life and so forth well apparently you got the organizing thing fixed so where are you at now
1: yeah, I um well I go back and forth between my parents' houses because I like to see used to, when I was the one as a kid it was split custody and now it's like the flip flop is I just I just visit each parent. Mm-hmm. Um plus in California like I don't wanna pay eight hundred to, to fourteen hundred dollars a month for a room when mm-hmm. I could just hop back and forth and do what I was planning on doing anyway, which is I guess kind of just getting closer to my family. Uh, so that's kind of been a big focal point, and mm-hmm. uh, got some work stuff squared away. So like everything, everything's falling into place finally. But there's always something new to learn, I suppose you could say. And so that's where lately it was like, okay, I have new, like, new goals essentially. So how can I better align my room and my life and my habits? I've been focusing like more on habits instead of goals. Mm Uh, one habit, for instance, that's so simple, but it really takes a lot of effort is putting things back where they belong. (laughs) Yeah. And that was something that I sucked at my entire life up until recently. And now it's like, no matter what, like I, I have to put it back where it belongs. Uh And just that was like pretty monumental and sort of building that, like, uh, I guess the the willpower and the determination to do something, because even though it's like, oh, I need to go put this fork into the wash, and I need to like put these pants back on the shelf, and like all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it, it sort of has been translating over to other areas, which is something that I didn't initially expect. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Okay.
0: And you said that that stuff had been kind of falling into place. For most people, that would be a pretty happy time. Because it feels like, oh, wow, everything's going my way right now. Uh, has that been your experience?
1: Um, uh, I kind of like literally just finished doing all the uh, building up to that stuff yesterday. So I feel like today is the first day where it's like, hey, I can just have fun now. Like last night okay. I I started uh, working on my screenplay some more. I'm working on cause the one because one of the things you mentioned was this feel it out not figure it out I've mm-hmm. been working on that good. and just kind of seeing like you know not not planning so much but trying to just do exactly what I feel like doing at that time
0: and how's that worked
1: um I mean I'm getting getting the hang of it more getting more in touch with like how I feel and then trying to understand that because that's something that I've never been good at it's like uh reading my own body even um, like I forget to eat, I forget to drink. Sometimes I forget to breathe. Like uh, so nice. caught up in like complex things in my head that I forget like the the basics of remaining alive. You know. So mm. trying to to get all that on track and get my my health stuff. Like I've been uh, eating at consistent times and going to bed at consistent times. Like that, just that alone makes a huge difference, especially with my my stomach problems uh-huh. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like the uh the cumulative efforts of months and months and months of figuring things out. It's falling into place. It's not you know it's not a a whole new system yet, but sort of.
0: So how Always does that feel? I mean, the fact that it's falling into place and, and that it's just, just all one thing after another, just kind of a cascade. How does that feel
1: to you? It's feeling more relaxing. Not like immediately. It, was not, it wasn't like an immediate, like, wow, oh, thank God that's all over. Right. Like when I, when I would finish like finals in college, something, that was, it was like, oh, that's all over. Like, But this is different. This is sort of like more subtle. Like it's sort of just... uh like just sitting here on my bed right now looking around my room being like, wow, this is like, this is totally aligned for what I want to be doing the next year. And so that's like an exciting feeling. It's sort of like things to look forward to.
0: Very and good. there's
1: appreciation. So.
0: Oh, well, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, we've got some uh, members of the uh, live stream audience who are sending along their congratulations as well. Um, Jeffrey was saying uh, that, well, first of all, Jeffrey wanted to point out we are all learning to be responsible adults, which is true. I think that's kind of like an ongoing thing we all go through. And then Sarah said you sound so much more positive in your voice, talking to you, Drew, your, your tone when talking, uh, and that uh, she wants to be wants to let you know that she's sending you uh, healing and positive vibes. So people are hearing Thank it. They're hearing you. your voice. That. How about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, it's been a, it's been a journey, I'm sure, if you. Gosh, even I, I listened to my like comedy album, which was in June, and it was a little bit sad because you could like hear it in my voice that I was still in a dark place. Like despite, you know, the, the album still going how I planned it to but just in my voice, sort of the, the vibe that came with that was like this place of sorrow and a lot of that I've gotten past. So yeah, I appreciate that. Been, well, uh, well, you got to be careful, you know, good. because,
0: because if you continue on this path, you're going to have to change your nickname. I mean, it, I know, it, it won't be gonna... dark, dry Drew. You'll have to be like dark, dark, uh, you know, like uh, light, dry Drew or something like that. I mean, it won't <laughs> be dark anymore. <laughs> That's,
1: yeah, I, it has occurred to me that I'm like, wow, what happens if I, yeah, but I, yeah. It's, it's sort of the name has always been kind of tongue in cheek in that regard in that I do sort of have these, like this really dark brooding side and then sort of like hyper optimistic side. And like they work together, but uh not always, mm-hmm. you know. And it's kind of like the good devil, uh, and then an the angel, or one of an the, the angel and the devil, or whatever, on, the like, on each shoulder, right. like that. Yeah, <sighs> movie that was from but kind of like that, except it's in my head. Right. So, sort of the uh the constant struggle of each side. Well, it sounds, like, tried things, so it, it sounds like try true things. It sounds like the devil's side has
0: kind of gotten that. muzzled a little bit. Like he's not talking anymore. The angel's doing all the talking.
1: I yeah, I'd have to. I, I'm not sure yet. That's a really interesting thing to think about. So, um,
0: what makes you not sure? I'd
1: say I haven't because what I, and I was talking to my mom about this. So some people like because I I I run dialogues each of those moods has their unique voice in my head and it's not like you know like I hear voices when I'm walking around like it's not you know, uh, it's a schizophrenic kind of thing or something like that it's sort of it's different from that it's like an, an internal voice and some people apparently don't have that which I thought was really strange because that's sort of how I've always been able to, to think about things and the process thing With the visual images and then these different like mm-hmm. versions of myself talking mm-hmm. and at least uh at least lately it's been it's been calmed down more. It seems like the like maybe that all of the sides have kind of uh joined forces rather than being being kind of at that end, you know? Like uh sure. that they're sort of on this on the same track now. Like, okay, we all get it, you know.
0: Well, that's kind of similar to what I experienced uh from doing mirror exercises where you talk in the mirror and you know, praise yourself and 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 give yourself all kinds of yeah. positive uh, input and so forth. Um, after about my first thirty days of doing that, not only had those negative dialogues gone away, but my head had actually gone silent inside. It was it was nice, it was pleasant, a nice pleasant yeah. change. But it, it was also a little bit weird because wow, everything's quiet all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, that's. I, I have been doing the mirror exercise. Oh, I you didn't have. consider that that might have been. Yeah. How long not, have you been doing them now? With a, oh, gosh. Um, probably since November, but not every day. So okay. okay. I'm trying. I wanted to get my rooms organized, and then now it's like, now my goal is to have like a like a 30-day plan. So like a workout plan, <laughs> meditation plan, yoga plan, all that to try and get some sort of to find a way to like fit it into my routine. And then mirror exercises have been part of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Very
1: good. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed them. Once you get over the whole like, you know, I guess the awkward intro, where you're like, I am talking to my face in the mirror. This is so strange and foreign to Isn't me. And it? It's like, well, you know, only because you haven't done it before. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Did you find that? I I know this is what I found, and I and others have found this, but I wonder if you found it too. Did you find after say? three or four or five days, it, it, the strangeness wasn't nearly there the way it was the first couple days.
1: Yes. Although I still haven't gotten to the point where like, like if someone walked into my room and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> be like, you know, cause, uh. cause I feel like I, yeah, I, I, I exhibit enough other signs that people might be concerned about me. that, like that one <laughs> would just, you know, They're like, Drew, what are you doing? You spend almost all your time alone, and now you're talking to yourself in the mirror. Like, what has happened? Yeah. Yep. So that's the one... But That's why lately I've been telling my family, like, just very... Like, I was like, Mom, I'm going to be writing this screenplay for the next, I don't know, until it's done, and, like, I need to be locked away. It's a very emotional process, and so... If you, were to, if you were to just barge in and I'm, I'm in a, a frenzied state, you have to understand that I'm just feeling what the film is in that moment. You know, it's just being honest about it. I guess I'll have to tell them about the mirror exercise. Be like, hey, look, <laughs> sometimes I talk to the mirror. It answers my questions.
0: Do you find it you get answers talking to the mirror?
1: Yeah, uh, kind of. It, so, the air seems like get me, more right? when it's all dark in the room. Oh, okay. The mirror seems to bring like a sense of, uh, I wouldn't even call it comfort, but more just the sense of, like, of calm. Mm, like, right. Sort of levels everything out. Not even, not even necessarily like a, although I will say it, it could be, and I'd recommend this to other people, like, a good confidence boost. Yes. If you like, I don't know, if you're about to go on a date or a job interview or even just Right. I mean for me just like talking to other people has always been kinda intimidating like at first. I spend so much time alone that when I go outside I'm like, Oh gosh, I have to remember how to use my voice and how to not be all dark and brooding and and don't talk like this and just mm. uh and like mumble and stuff. So yeah, the mirror exercise is always like, you know, look in the mirror, say a few positive affirmations and It's and amazing. It's, like, it? uh, yeah. It's I a mean, good boost.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things, When I'm sure when you first started, you probably just went with it for the first couple of days because I said to do it. And then yeah. after some period of time, I don't know what the period of time was because it's different for everybody. For me, it was about 20 days. After some period of time, you started to notice some kind of a difference, which you may or may not have associated with the mirror exercise, but you felt something had shifted.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's... Um... And that's one of those things where it's like you can't definitively say it's the mirror, especially because I've been doing so many other things. Mm-hmm. But the one that I realized was sort of like, um, I could describe it as it's not about being positive, it's about being a positive being, mm-hmm. sort of aligning all of these things. So like when I was just doing meditation, like, of course it didn't work, it didn't solve all my problems, like nothing is going to solve every problem, mm-hmm. but then when I was you know, not eating processed foods and doing meditation and doing like a little bit of stretching right. and, you know, brushing my teeth twice a day instead of once and like <laughs> all of these things. Then it started to add up. And so I think the mirror exercises that fit in with all of that works. It's, it's definitely like something that you can, you can, you feel better after you do it. That's kind of a good, good benchmark. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the drinking kombucha lately that I've made and, and the boss. And it's one of, like, even though they're so odd to me, having grown up on just, like, the American diet, it feels better after consuming it. So that was, like, the sign where I'm like, whoa. Mm -hmm. I don't don't feel dead afterwards. Let's be on the right track. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good stuff. Hey, we got uh, a a question for you and a comment. Um, First, the comment Sarah Sarah was saying that when your mind is silent and you're in the power of now, it's the best place to be to appreciate that moment. She says, I wish I could stay focused and remain in the now for longer periods, but I'm grateful to experience a little bit of it. Practice makes perfect, I suppose, which probably sounds pretty familiar to you after doing the mirror exercises for a while now.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially that staying in the now thing's a challenge for me, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm in my head a lot or like... I get distracted really easily, like I don't have ADHD, but I still get, like, uh, like if we're watching a movie, like all the lights have to be off, even mm. if it's like just a little, like the red light or the blue light on like right. the, the DVR or something, like, that. like I have to cover up all the lights or else it's, it's too distracting for me. Interesting. Yeah. Or, uh, like a concert if someone like walks in front of me, like it's too, it's too, like my, my, I, I can't stop my mind oftentimes. times. From focusing on all the external stimuli. Yeah.
0: And then the question Yeah, being in the now. The the question comes from Jeffrey, and it's very open-ended. He says, What's Dark Dry Drew's purpose in life?
1: Oh, wow. That's, uh, gosh. Um, Let's see. I've kind of distilled it to a few things so far, but, well, for one, I'm 22 years old, so this is as far as I've gotten. Uh, But I would say. The way, cause I was really nihilistic, especially having had like chronic medical problems, uh, 10 years, mm-hmm. and having it basically be unsolvable, it kinda, I was, my, my, my friend, she's a scientist and she told me about this study where they, uh, they took rats and they shocked the rats. And some of the rats had a way to not get shocked, and some of them didn't. Right. And some of them would always go and find a way to avoid it, but the ones that couldn't, that would inevitably get shocked, they just were depressed and went and uh, right. went to the corner and just like sat there waiting to die. Right. And so that was pretty validating because that was like most of my experience from age seventeen to even even until maybe like June of twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, getting over that, I was trying to find a way to get past nihilism, and, the, and it sort of gave me, not entirely a life purpose, but sort of a better goal. And so I, I've kind of been thinking on this, that uh, to me the universe is like one giant living entity, and kind of how like we have like gut flora inside of us that, that have such a profound effect on our body, even mm-hmm. though we never see them they're microscopic. Right. Um, and so maybe we're like that for the universe. And because you could argue, like, well, you know, nothing you ever hear is going to be important because eventually you'll be dead. And that was sort of where I was at. <laughs> so I'm like, how can I get past, like, what's, how can I defeat these beliefs that are, mm. they are self-defeating. Because even though they do, they're valid in many ways, they don't actually make your life better, though. And so you can still find another way that's a valid way of thinking, but that also makes your life better. And so I'm like, well, okay, there's future generations that I'll never meet. Um, but seeing as where I'm at now, people in the past have determined so much of my life, so much of all of our lives. And so my goal essentially is to make the world uh, better in whatever way I can contribute. So for me, that, uh through my comedy and my films and all my artwork. And then I'm looking at uh, going and getting a master's in counseling and working oh. with kids. Uh, potentially, it's something I've been thinking about. So basically, uh, just leaving the world a better place uh, than when I was when I entered it, even if that's you know a marginal difference, even that's if my great. life contribution isn't much, but uh, I'll do whatever I can. That's okay. kind of my you know, life good. goal.
0: Jeffrey also asked for a little clarification. He said, what happened in June
1: 2018? Um, so... After I graduated from college, my goal was to solve all my stomach problems. I had severe IBS for about 10 years, and it had gotten worse and worse and worse. I was, uh, I was like suicidal freshman year of college, which would have been 2014, 2015, because I was sick every single day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and that kind of continued on until the next year, and it was something that I really didn't have the resources or time to fully figure out during college because it was was hard enough to just do the schoolwork and the internships and the jobs and stuff. And so after college, I'm like, okay, I can take, like, I had saved up enough money that I could take, like, a year off. Uh, It's been about seven, eight months now, roughly. Mm -hmm. And so June was the point where, like, I graduated. I'm ready for a new goal. And so the new goal was to solve my health stuff. So. Uh, in June, I was, I think like 175 pounds, roughly. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, eating carne asada fries, Little Caesars, uh, rock stars, all that kind of stuff. The standard, like, American hood rat diet. <laughs> my um, sleep schedule, non-existent, basically ever since high school with all the AP classes that I had. Uh, I've sort of never been able to have a sleep schedule, and it sort of worked in a lot of ways, because I I don't have bipolar, but I have sort of like the mood disorders that they described, although I've gotten rid of a lot of those symptoms through dietary change, but sort Mm -hmm. of like manic outbursts where I could, you know, I'd be like kind of dead the whole day, but then I'd have like three hours where I cranked out. Like, I remember on one night I wrote like 30 pages of jokes And when you're talking about, like, one-liner jokes, that's, like, an ungodly amount. And so I'd have those outbursts where I, like, wouldn't write anything for a month. Mm -hmm. And then I'd literally come up with, like, five minutes of, like, solid material in in a three-hour time period. So there's all that. And so there are all these different kind of aspects played in. And then, so June, finally, of this, yeah, I was, the first changes I made were, like, Huge dietary ones. Um, basically now I, I don't do gluten. I quit. Oh, yeah. I was drinking every night. I don't drink anymore. Um, no, yeah. And that was a good one. I, I smoke because it helps with the stomach problems, but not every day because I saw what happens when, when I was doing it every day. And it's like, nope, this is not for me. So like, if I get really sick, I'll do it, but otherwise, like, I'm pretty, like, now, yeah, to think about my diet then of like freaking, like fast food and all this other junk. And now I'm doing like uh, just water with lemon and then I made my own kombucha and my own Vos, which are fermented beverages. Um, I'm like 135 pounds roughly. So I've lost wow. uh 40
0: pound difference. 50 pounds in yeah. total.
1: After, oh. I was 175 but a, a year prior to that I was 185. Yeah, so 50, okay. So, wow. 50 pounds in Congratulations. total. Which like, I'm five foot six, so that's a, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like a ninja compared to then, like I'm a lot hungry. <laughs> although I'm at the point now where like if I forget to eat one meal, because I'm on this like really kind of, you know, like sort of archaic diet in a lot of ways, really just like meat, uh, some fruits, some vegetables, water with lemon, and like fermented beverages. If I forget to eat one meal, i like three pounds. Wow. So now it's just sort of getting on on track, um, I think a workout routine. My mom's like, you should look into protein powder, but I'd prefer to just to keep everything as, as natural and sustainable as possible. Mm-hmm, sure. So basically the difference from June to now is just it's, I'm a different person. And I guess if you listen, if you go on, on Bandcamp and you listen to the album, like uh, the, the Byproduct of Suffering by Dark Treasure, you can hear it in my voice in mm. certain parts in the album. Mm-hmm. The difference from then to now is just, it's outrageous. That's I mean, fantastic. Like, it's so weird to look back. It just feels like a decade of difference.
0: Jeffrey says to say that's awesome, and Shelley says you sound like her son. So I guess her son's been going through kind of the same kind of thing you have. And, I mean, that's just fabulous. That's amazing that you've been able to do that so well, especially when I remember when you and I first started talking just a few months ago, and your confidence level wasn't all that great at that point. I mean, you've just been making leaps and bounds. It's fantastic. It's just fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. It's been, I mean, it took, it took being, and, I, and that's the thing, because I've met a lot more younger people with, like, stomach problems or autoimmune disease stuff like that. It's more mm-hmm. common now, and it's explainable yeah. for many different reasons, although we don't have to talk about that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure your son's definitely gone through a lot of the same thing. I think a lot of people are going through this. And mm. and sort of the, the the one advantage of like hardship is that it really speeds up the maturity process, mm. which is good and bad. Because in a lot of ways, I mean, most of the people I connect with are like fifty year olds plus, which is great. And they're like, "Man, I wish I was like you and I was your age." But then the problem is like it's hard to <laughs> harder to connect with people my own age. That I very rarely meet someone my age where I'm like, "Wow, we're on the same page here," you know. Mm. So. Yeah, that's that's the new challenge finding finding people to my that's, own age to connect with. But, well,
0: that's something that yeah. uh, Carlos and Alex and I talked about a, a few weeks back, and yeah, that that's a pretty significant issue these days. Which is, it seems strange. I mean, especially to those of us who are, you know, baby boomers or or you know, Gen X, Gen Y. Uh, people who didn't grow up with with, uh, the technology like you guys did. We we see you guys on the the phones all the time, so it just seems strange to us that you wouldn't have those connections on one hand. But on the other hand, it makes total sense to us because there are many people who will say, well, if you're connecting over a smartphone, are you really connecting? And and so from that point of view, it makes sense. Um, I wanted to ask you about something. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mike McEwen, Anne-Marie's husband. Anne-Marie does the Sunday podcast with me. Um, he filled in one time and we talked about mirror exercises, going back to that topic. Um, And he's been doing them consistently ever since then and has been telling me numerous times how much uh, progress he's made with it. One of the things that he's told me about, and I'm curious to know whether you've had a similar experience, he's found that by doing the mirror exercises so consistently every single day, it's bringing up a lot of stuff, what we might call old tapes, you know, stuff that, that... gets in the way stuff that he had buried away and and is now bobbing to the surface. And so he's, he's finding himself being faced with handling that stuff, handling it and then getting it out of the way so he he can keep going. And so it's been a very, um, therapeutic, uh, experience, but nevertheless, it has been a little bit bumpy because he had, he's had to experience that. Have you run into that same kind of thing?
1: Are we talking like, um, like more emotional trauma or? Usually, yeah. Like personality quirks it, it, that are it, negative.
0: It could also be actual, you know, experiences that keep playing over and over again in your head, but all that's going to have an emotional context to it. So, yeah, emotional trauma, that's a good way of describing um, it.
1: I don't, for me, I, I, I don't think that I've gotten that from, or I, I would say potentially that. Maybe the maybe the mirror exercises inspire sort of introspective thinking, mm-hmm. um, but for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't attribute that to the mirror exercises. For me, um, and for me with IVS, like I've been, it's sort of like a life sentence to like the restroom. So I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking like two to four hours a day yeah. when it was bad, of just being alone in the restroom and then either, I've always been introspective just even since I was a kid. Like, I just enjoy thinking. So for me, a lot of those thoughts have always been there and, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've just kind of perpetually been addressing things. Mm-hmm. And then some of them definitely are, like, way more challenging, like, just sort of issues that no one can handle. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, death stuff, purpose kind of stuff. Things like that where it's like, there is no answer. There is nothing you will satisfy you here. You have to You have to create meaning that will put you in a state of peace so that you can continue doing things that are enjoyable. Um, And you may find that even that gets
0: addressed over time. You may may find yourself finding ways to address that over time, so don't rule that one out just yet. But I understand what you mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, in regards to mirror, I would would imagine that mirror exercises could definitely promote that, Mm -hmm. especially because for most people they're probably so go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Especially nowadays, because there's yeah. so many things you can be doing and thinking about. Right. It, like meditation or taking even just a couple, even 30 seconds to just stare in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's such a long time to be alone for most people that mm-hmm. it probably would make them start thinking about things. Sure. Uh, for me, that's sort of where the dark side of my own life, that's sort of, that's where I feel most comfortable. Now, something I, I learned recently was that, like... In the dark abyss is like where I've spent so much of my life that, that being happy for me is sort of a, a foreign feeling that's like somewhat new and not always there. And I don't even think that happiness necessarily is a, is a goal uh, for me. It's more of like um, purpose and mm-hmm. then the happiness kind of comes from that. So mm-hmm. like when I'm doing, when I'm writing the screenplays or when I'm helping other people, and it brings a sense of fulfillment, then the happiness kind of comes with that. But it's not like I'm speaking happiness,
0: I guess. That's good, though. I mean, the idea of making it a purpose, yeah. I like that a lot, because that's that's taking control over it rather than expecting that it somehow comes upon you if you you know press the right buttons or something. That That's a much better position, I would say. I like that. I like that you're doing that. Um, yeah. And Jeffrey has I another think, yeah, question. Yeah, Jeff- that's- oh, yeah, sure. Jeff, you also wanted to follow up by asking uh, what your?" He he phrased it this way. What, what are his emotions about the future? I think what he means is um, what, how do you feel about your future at this point?
1: Ooh, gosh. Um, well, I one of the things that uh, – well, actually, you helped me this one, lot was like figuring out what I really, really enjoy. And mm. so I kind of learned over the past few months since I started doing the podcast, really, was a big help. Um, I love doing stand-up comedy when I write it, and then performing, it's fun, but there's not much of an outlet for it, and so mm-hmm. lately I've been kind of reconsidering how I want to go about that, because right. like, the majority of like the scene is people that just grind and grind away, and I've never enjoyed anything that involves grinding in any capacity, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I'm not going to do that, Like, I'm not going to freaking go into, like, these little dingy places five days a week. So, sort of, uh, in regards to that pursuit, sort of mixed feelings, um, screenwriting, I absolutely love it. I've, like, fallen more in love with it. But that I'm super excited about. That's why I wanted to have my rooms organized because if there's any, any sort of clutter or distractions, it's sort of, like, that sort of manifests in my mind the mm-hmm. same way. Mm-hmm. My mind's then cluttered and distracted, so trying to to get that on track was like, was a bit of a bear, but now that that's pretty much handled, I like, have clear minds. So that stuff I'm super excited about. And then, uh, sort of outside of that, the overall feelings, um, that'd be a tough one. Uh, really good and sort of still, I mean, there's still lots to – like, uh, the way I, one of the things I finally learned, cause I was in like, like I said, Dark places, a lot lot of my life really. And then this past six months with like all these dietary changes was like very, Mm. very severe. Like just, just cutting out, just try cutting out one thing. And I'm sure a lot of you have already done this. Like it's like, oh my gosh, you never realize how brutal it'll be to just cut out like caffeine. And then I was doing all of these things and then spending most of the time alone because my mom was at work so just be at home all day with my thoughts and I wasn't feeling well. And so that's sort of the other thing is like with the IBS stuff where it's not just me being alone with my thoughts in the restroom most of my life. It's also being sick and so, mm-hmm. and in pain. Yeah. And so then like the thoughts are kind of distorted. So a lot right. of my life's been kind of like this, you know, this dark and that's sort of, even when I was a kid though, even before I had the medical problems, I was, I was dark. Um, I, yeah, I drew darks. Like my friend was like, yeah, dude, even when you're like, a five year old you're drawing like skeletons guns and all that kind of stuff and you know uh
0: so it's not terribly surprising God, yeah. because these things do generate and uh, develop pretty early in our lives but yeah thanks for for reminding people that uh, that is common and you you fit in perfectly in that sense um two more things yeah. jeffrey jeffrey uh, wanted to kind of summarizing, he says he's helping people now by being open and honest about who he is. So that's a compliment to you. You are know, yeah. sharing your story on the podcast and, and that is a good thing there. That's not always an easy thing to do. So yeah, we got to give you some congratulations for that too. Well done. And then Shelley wants yeah, I to know.
1: Appreciate
0: that. Oh, absolutely. Shelly wants to know, what do you think about doing what you enjoy is choosing happiness? What do you think about doing what you enjoy is choosing happiness?
1: Uh, what do you what do you mean by
0: that? I think she's asking, uh, what do you think about the proposition? The proposition that doing what you enjoy is choosing happiness.
1: Um, yeah, I, I as far as I can tell, that that's how it's been working for me lately. And what Walt told me two weeks ago was because I'm like so much in my head that I'm always trying to figure it out, and like you're saying, let's feel it out. And mm-hmm. so that's been helping me with that. Where like like, let's say in your, like, like, I want, I want to write the screenplay, right? But right. I'm not always in the mood to write it. Yeah, so sure. sometimes I just have to force myself to sit down, because I know once I start, I'll enjoy it, but I kind of have to get over that wall. Mm-hmm. But then there's also, like, the time where I really, like, it's like, no, like, I need to just, like, go sit down and play video games for two hours and go to bed. Like, today was long. <laughs> and so feel, that's the difference, is like, is feeling it out. Being like, mm-hmm. okay, like, if I were to get over this, like, mental, yeah. This mental, because I always think of creativity as like this pipeline, and every single day it's gonna get clogged, and it's so like the first ten minutes you have to like just clear that, or whatever, and not even just for creativity. So like that's the main the main thing that my kind of focal point is. Uh, so I think it definitely is choosing happiness, but like just being aware of when you think when you think versus when you feel. Mm. Like, are you just? Thinking you want to do it or do you actually feel it in your heart that you want to do it? Cause like, like lately I have written hardly any jokes. Like I write maybe one to three jokes a week and I was trying to figure it out cause there was a time where I was writing like one to three jokes a day and I'm like what the hell? Like what's, what has changed? And I was trying to figure that out cause I'm like has, is it just that I'm discouraged that there's no platform for me to perform or is it that, uh, and, well, and sort of what I think that the answer is to some degree is that when I was in college, um, like freshman year and sophomore year, I had actually all, of, all four years, I had people to share my jokes with that yes. had that sense of humor. It was friends freshman year. It was my girlfriend sophomore, uh, junior year, and then we broke up. And so senior year, it was my friends. But now back home, um, like my parents, they, they support me, but they don't have the same sense of humor. Uh, mm-hmm. partly that it's like really dark and they kinda, it's, it's hard to see your kid or your kid's like, what the, what are you, what are you saying all these, these things for? And they understand it and they support me. But uh, so for me it was like figuring that out. Like, oh my gosh, like maybe part of why I'm less passionate about this lately is that I have no outlet for it. But then still in my heart, it's still something I want to do, but maybe mm-hmm. I'm just not ready for it. So choosing happiness might be to kind of like delay it and focus on something else for me. So for me, I'm now focusing on the screenplay, which also has been on my mind for two years. But like I had to get my mind to a place where it was, I and this is my screenplays are sort of me processing me my life, which is something I only realized in the past few months. It's my uh, the first one I wrote. I've only written two so far, but the first one I wrote. Um, I remember I was reading it to my then girlfriend and it kind of freaked her out a bit because a lot of it had like parallels to real life, even though it was like, you know, it's still a fictional thing. And then I realized after I had broken up with her and all this other stuff that like the screenplay sort of predicted a lot of my life. Mm. Like it sort of was my my brain was not caught up with my heart and my heart was in the screenplay. And so then when my brain read the screenplay, it was like, oh my God, we'd known this for months. It's just that now we're caught up, and so I kind of had the same feeling where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my, my life and my mind and my heart all kind of on the same page, and that's where I'm like finally at, and it's so like I finally feel like ready to write this screenplay, um, and I think it's sort of going to be me processing these past several years. So, choosing happiness is a difference. There's a difference between thinking about it and feeling it, mm-hmm. and so hopefully those examples kind of sure. You know, and you can apply that to any. If you're working out, doing exercise, it's it still works the same way. Or if you're like working on your career, it's the same thing. Or it's like, well, do you think does this? Is that, or like with values, because I have a bunch of friends that are straight from undergrad to grad school. They want to be doctors, and it's like, have you ever thought that you don't enjoy this? And and they mm-hmm. don't even think about it. They're so they're so focused on the work, they never even realize that they don't actually enjoy it, and they're miserable mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah. All so it's testing out those things. Not not easy. It's pretty important, though, isn't it?
0: That's that's what I think you're discovering yeah. through all this. You've, you've got to be connected to the heart, because if you're not, anything that you end up doing, even if you can push yourself to do it for years on end, starts to become hollow and meaningless and pointless. And you say, "Why do yeah. I spend all my time doing this thing that I don't really love all that much?" Whereas when yeah you're, exactly when you're following the heart. Every single thing that you do in in alignment with that thing that you love so much just takes on more energy. That's what's so cool about it. It just becomes a self fulfilling, yeah. self growing, self energizing process.
1: I agree totally. Yeah, and it's sort of a weird. It's one, and that's the. All this stuff can be kind of frustrating at times because like some cliche piece of advice will just all of a sudden make sense where it's like, oh, the thing you've been looking for all along was inside you the whole time. And you're like, oh, my God, that's
0: literally every
1: piece of advice that's been around for more than a 100 years has all been true, but you have to like experience (laughs) it before it makes sense. But now I know, like, if there's a piece of advice that's lasted more than 100 years, like, it's true. I just have to figure out how to experience it now. So
0: you figure it stood the test of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Shelly wanted to share something with you. She says, I have digestive issues, too, and aloe vera, drinking aloe vera is amazing for healing. So I don't know if you've ever messed with that, but uh, she wanted to let you know that.
1: I'll have to look. I I have not heard of that before. Aloe vera, okay. I'll mm-hmm. need to look into that. Yeah, because for me, lately, it's been, um, the thing I the, I started with using uh, bone broth, which you got to, well, also, it's worth checking, like, where the, was it grass-fed or corn-fed, there's like so many different, that's what's hard about stomach stuff, is like, there are so many things that can affect it, like, your sleep schedule affects it, the things you breathe in the air, like, are you exposed to lots of chemicals every day, like, there's so many things, yeah, at least, if you found the aloe vera works, that's dope, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, she's, she's
0: had a lot of experience, apparently, Lemon. with that, a lot of success, so that's definitely yeah. Worth trying, yeah. One thing that know, I've noted... Yeah, I'll write
1: that down.
0: Yeah, sure. One thing that I've noted about uh, the the following your heart when you're trying to deal with things like what you just described, trying to sort out foods, you know, which food do I need to go with, you know, should I do this, should I do that, should I look for this? When you, when you you uh, When you start looking at food from a point of view of feeling happier and of feeling more loving toward yourself and and more confident and all the stuff that goes with that, all the stuff that comes out of the mirror exercises primarily. When you When you start looking yeah. at stuff that way, I think you may not have seen it yet, but I think what you're going to start seeing is answers coming to you rather than you going to find the answers. So, for instance, when it comes to, you know, should I go with this particular version of the food or that particular version? That will just be presented to you in, in a way that is most appropriate for where you are at that moment in time. The more that you're in that happy zone, it's just going to, like, like you were talking about at the beginning of the show, you talked about things falling in place. That's going to be the kind of thing that falls in place. And it's going to happen in times and in ways that kind of catch you off guard. But if you're if you have like a little yeah. back end awareness, like the back of your head, you're, you're you're kind of paying attention. Are there little serendipities and synchronicities synchronicities like that happening? You'll start to notice them more. And when the more that you start to notice that, I think what you'll find is you'll start changing your story. Like your story is still how you're dealing with stomach issues. I think eventually you're going to find yourself turning that into. Um, stomach health issues—not stomach issues, but stomach health so, uh, improvement in stomach, improvement in digestion. You're going to change the way you think and talk about it just because you stayed in that happy frame of mind as much as you possibly could. You're going to see a lot of stuff like that happening.
1: That's that's very interesting, and I—that's funny you mentioned that. Cause I am I am finally getting to that point, and i am trying not to become the like annoying person that tells everyone about their wonderful diet that saved their life. Right. So that's what happened at first. It was like, oh my god, like all of these changes finally made sense. And my friends like did not care about it at all. Mm. I'm like, oh, Like I need to not mention it. But yeah, that's how I'm, I'm looking at it. It's, it's like the, um, you gotta align literally. Like if you really want to solve your problems, there's no single trick. Like it's all of the, every single thing you can do to make, like for me, I got one, uh, one of those hand grippers. And I have it in my car, so I'm strengthening my grip while mm-hmm. I'm at the, you know, I'm at a stop. Right. Things like that, like every subtle little thing, it all adds up. Sort of like in video games, you can get little boosts. And I remember in a few games, the boost would be like plus one percent. And I'm like, where would one percent ever actually help you in <laughs> One percent right. health or attack? <laughs> that's so dumb. Like that's not going to help. But then, it, but then it made sense to me lately. Where it's like, oh, well, if you get a plus one percent here and there and there and there, like your entire being as a whole becomes better. You might not, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm five, six. I'm never going to become a basketball player or something, but at the same time, like I can become, you know, a bit more agile. Or I can, I can stretch more and kind of sure. be a bit more, you know, this and that. So yeah, definitely every single little boost.
0: Well, you're stretching yourself in, in many ways. I mean, you're not just yes, stretching yeah. yourself physically, which is good. You're also stretching yourself emotionally and mentally. And, and in terms of your passion for life, all that's stretching out. And that's oh, that's when you really live. By the way, not, I, I didn't want to overlook what Nasha said. Nasha was piling on with what Jeffrey said. She says it's very brave of him to come on the podcast and be so vocal. And this shows how open he is to change. Awesome. So you have another fan there.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes, I, I, uh, that's something I, when I was, when I was younger, it wasn't really appreciated uh, being open, and that was always really hard for me. So I've always been, I guess you could even say honest to a fault, because when I was young, like I had no filter, like I would just say what I thought, mm-hmm. and that would just upset lots of people, especially because I always kind of had like controversial beliefs on a lot of things. I just yeah. look at things differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I'm finally getting to a point where I realized that especially now because I've been doing, I've been helping students um, at at the school my mom looks at and some other stuff. And like seeing that when I open up or even on the podcast, when I open up, it helps other people Mm -hmm. because there's this huge kind of societal pressure that like, you know, tries to get you to be a certain way. And so getting over that was like, that was hard, especially for me being like, a weird introvert kid most of my life. But mm-hmm. it, oh, stand-up comedy did help a lot. I should give credit for that. Absolutely, i sure When I did Dark, dark Humor in, in Davis for four years, like it's, gonna, it's either going to destroy you or, or make you really tough. And <laughs> All so, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um Jeffrey also mentioned that, and, and this ties into what you were just talking about, he says it's like we work towards our blocks and then they break open when they're ready and in their own way. That's what you're experiencing. That's what you're describing, right? That's the beauty of being in that happy zone. Then when you're in the happy zone, stuff just falls apart. The stuff that needs to fall apart, not the stuff that you don't want to fall apart, but the the stuff that's been getting in the way just kind of dissolves. It takes very little effort to get rid of it. Whereas when we're in that really bad place, where we're depressed or angry or fearful or frustrated or whatever, those blocks become monumentally huge boulders that just don't ever move.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very, very big difference. And that's, I think for me, I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't even describe it necessarily as my happy place, but more as a place where I have the potential for happiness. Sure. Yeah. That's more of a, like a place of being content I wouldn't want to give the idea that I'm happy all the time, or even most of the time. Mm -hmm. But more that I'm more that I'm content, and like that I feel like I'm on on the right path. Like that I feel that the direction I'm going is the right direction for me, and that it's the it's the direction that I can have uh, the the most positive impact on my life and the lives of others. And so then, like happiness for me, kind of comes out of that, Mm -hmm. where I'm like. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't even like to do dishes or things like that. But now I'm like around the house stuff. I'll like go out of my way to help my parents with weird tasks or whatever, just because like I want to make things better. Mm, and so for nice. me, that's like, that was like the small step that it took to kind of, or like my sister went on a trip and I like gave her money for the trip. Mm-hmm. They used to be like really frugal mm-hmm. and stingy. And so like just trying to do all those kind of things. Like that has kind of helped you get to the place where happiness can exist.
0: I think you make a good point. I mean, I kind of use the word generically, but uh, I could probably consider using different words. Uh, I mean, on the Abraham-Hicks scale, it isn't even at the top. It's number three. At the top, you have words like appreciation, which I think is perhaps a better word anyway. Uh, What we're going for is appreciating everything. When you appreciate everything, everything gets better. So... I don't know what word you'd want yeah. to use yourself, but but from, but I have to agree with you. I probably should use a different word besides happy.
1: I At least for me, I, I, from my experience, it's just that with um, – like I always try and – you, you can tell I, I'm pretty verbose and overly specific on things, but mostly just because I don't want to give uh, an answer that might mislead potentially, and I'm not saying like that's what you're – Doing. It's more of, I guess it's more of a just explaining what you mean by the, like when I explained mm-hmm. optimistic nihilism to you, because like nihilism has a whole bunch of different meanings, and mm-hmm. so that was something that I didn't realize, was that I have to like clarify specifically what I mean when I say this, because some people go, oh, nihilism's a rejection of everything, or it's just that everything's meaningless, or it's that you hate everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, like let me clarify, like for me it's just this perpetual feeling of hopelessness and, and despair, and kind uh-huh. of like uh, things are bad, but then the optimistic side is this. Yeah, the same thing. I guess just like you said, clarifying, like it's a place of appreciation. I really like that. Appreciation. Definitely.
0: Mm. Yeah, appreciation's that, a very And that comes side. with
1: all these yeah, meditation and the mirror exercises and all of that like it's definitely, I think appreciation. I agree with you. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. Um, Shelly said that uh, I describe it as clicking. Things just click together and you were on a great high in life yeah, right,
1: yeah, that's uh yeah, that, and then I guess for me is that it doesn't always click necessarily like all at like some things will click all at once, like mm-hmm. uh in fact both the two big screenplays I've done, the first one and the one I'm on now. Like I thought about it for like two years and then it all clicked. Like most of the screenplay mm. wrote itself in a single moment. That's nice. And then similarly, all of my health stuff's been in that way too yeah. lately where it was like, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't, I didn't realize that literally no one actually has any idea, anything about stomach problems. Like this is my own journey. And so, yeah, the way it clicks, I think clicking definitely, There's probably just a bunch of different ways you could describe all this throw as many of them out, and, and you know, whatever whatever kind of works for your life is like, yeah, whatever gives meaning to you, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: by the way, Jeffrey, uh, alluding to what you talked about earlier, how you want to be helpful to others of your own age in, in similar situations, he says, you're a natural counselor. So that's a pretty high praise.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. That's- my, my mom's a counselor, so I kind of, I never really realized it until like a couple of years ago that, that like, my entire life existence was, like, training to become a counselor just because, like, being a counselor, so I've kind of been coming to terms with that. But I'm like, oh, maybe I should, like, help people. Well, he's and followed I'm up like, by oh, saying... wow, actually, that's... I'm know. sorry. I, I was just going to say mm-hmm. he,
0: fu- he followed up by saying uh, he, meaning you, is helping me right now, helping heal my younger self.
1: Oh. <laughs> I I often, I appreciate hearing that. That's sort of how I, I think I look at a lot of, a lot of what I say in that, in that same kind of capacity where I'm like, like, when I try and help younger people or just anyone really, it's sort of like, what is, how, how could yeah. I have made young Drew's life like less miserable? You know, not even necessarily better, but like less miserable. Like, that's the first start is like, Less miserable. And then once you get past that, it's like, okay, how can we make it better now? Well, and less miserable says, is better.
0: Yeah. Anything that moves off of miserable has got to be better. Even if you're still in the negative zone, it's still
1: better. That's true. You know? That's true. That's a good point. I guess it's all framing.
0: It's framing and it's, it's relative to where you are. I mean, you could be in deep, deep, deep depression, and if you get up to anger, that's improvement. That's better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah,
0: that's a good way to look at it. I like that. That's right out of yeah, Abraham Hicks. It. I mean, Abraham has that 22-point scale. They 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 take 22 points and assign emotional names, labels to each point on the scale, and they say, no matter where you are on the scale, if you want to get into a better place, just go like one or two steps above that. Look what's up one or two steps up on the scale. So if you're at um, angry, you look up. To see what's up there, maybe it's going to be frustration or maybe it's going to be, uh, you know, boredom or something like that. But just look for what you can get at that's kind of within reach instead of going all the way up the scale. Well, that's what being better is all about. Yeah, It's just going for a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's a good – I think I – I don't know if I, was... if I mentioned it with like you before or someone else. But I've i designed my own scale, at least that fits for me, or like – Really? Uh, from – Yeah. The 10 is like this euphoric bliss Mm -hmm. and five sort of like kind of a neutral feeling and four is like depressed. Right. Three is, you know, a higher version of depressed. But at the bottom, when you're at, I guess, like I think if you start to scale at one, I was trying to describe this to someone, because one was the Blake feeling of nothingness Mm. and it doesn't make any sense unless you've been there before. Cause I was trying to explain it to this person and they just did not get it at all. And I'm like, I don't, cause they're like, what do you even mean by that? And I'm like, well, it's this, when you get, like, let's say two is like, cr- like crushing despair, mm-hmm. which is sort of like beyond depression. It's sort of this like, like a, like a corset that's, that's like crushing you from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, or like all, all the walls are crushing you. Like it's like a, like gravity has been heightened and it's coming from all directions—that kind of feeling. But then that bleak feeling of nothingness is the worst one because you don't feel anything; you just feel hollow. There's nothing, and that is the worst one. I would and suggest. That
0: was, uh, I would suggest that one is the equivalent of that mouse that can't avoid the shocks and crawls off into the corner.
1: Yeah, that 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 mouse is like that mouse would be number two. Which is the,
0: uh. Oh, you don't think the mouse the, is at number one yet?
1: No, the, the, when, when the mouse crawls, the mouse wouldn't even crawl to the corner. The mouse would just be, it would just be sitting on the edge of the bed, just feeling nothing. You don't even, and that's, that's the worst one, cause you don't even feel like a person. You just kind of feel like this husk, because At least with emotion, even if it's like crushing despair all the way up to euphoric bliss, you at least know that you're still a person and that you're alive. But when you're at one and you just feel nothing, that, to me, it was the worst one. And I was only, I wasn't there too often in that place, but on a couple occasions. And that was, especially around the time of my breakup, it was this feeling of like, of like being dead, of like not existing that one we could i could spend a i should probably think about all this more before we talk about we could talk about all this (laughs) stuff have a create a multifaceted like scale of i don't even know what you'd call it of moods because all the other stuff like frustration and anger i don't factor that into this one because it this one's more of just like moods from you know you could call it happy to sad but then like but it's like when you're explaining it to a kid, like you can't really explain depression to children because most children don't really experience it in exactly the same way until you kind of have to you get to a point of like I guess to be older to sort of for your mind to kind of comprehend things differently before it really becomes depression uh although I couldn't say that for sure, I haven't met enough like depressed kids, and they i probably is at age like six or seven that you could really experience it. Yeah, that bleak feeling of nothingness. I don't know yeah. how many how many people reach that one, but that one's just it's cool. a it's a very un there's no words to truly describe how it feels besides nothingness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's disconnection from or what they often call disconnection, turning off the connection, ignoring the connection that you have to feeling because it's too painful. Everything that's been coming through has been too painful. You got to turn it off. You got to numb it in some way. You got to yeah. mute it. Turn the whole thing off. And then once you get there, it's like...
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That's probably what it is, mm. at least scientifically. Or, yeah. And then getting out of there was... That's the weird thing. Like, I don't, there's, I, I don't, I don't remember how I got out of it. One saying, step at a time, that's dying, how you got out. I
0: guess. You, you, you made yeah. a decision, and then one step at a time. It didn't happen overnight, but you just take, took whatever steps you could take. And as you took more steps more ideas came to you about more steps to take and it just became a snowball, a momentum builder. That's what you went through. You developed the momentum of appreciation essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it. that, yeah, gosh, I haven't, cause for me that was such a, it's, that's the weird thing. It's like, it's a dark place. I kind of have this like vague recollection of it, but I don't remember the specifics. You know, I just remember like photo visual images in my mind the rough
0: idea was well unfortunately we've run out of our hour but that was really great thank you for sharing all that i mean just the fact that you've made so much progress that alone is fabulous and then the fact that you've been able to um express it so clearly and it with, with such great examples uh, uh, without any prior planning that that's that speaks highly of you so you know thank you for doing that because that's really great
1: Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I always enjoy it. every Every podcast, there's always something new, and,
0: mm-hmm. you know, I
1: learn more about me or you or, you know, hopefully helping someone, and that's kind well, of why, even more why next next week. I show up.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's why yeah. I show up, too. And we're going to learn even more next week, because two is going to become three, so when Steve joins us, Steve is like a ball of energy, so, I mean, it's going to end it. It's going to lend a really interesting dynamic uh, to our discussion, so I'm looking forward to it. But have a great week! I, I hope you continue to uh, uh, do the mirror exercises and do your other processes, and I can't wait to find out what you're going to be telling us next week.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um,
0: all right, yeah, thank I you. am too. Yep, we'll see you all next time. You're on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Yeah.